Another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. Who is putting up a link on the screen? I'm typing a thing. <laughs> I, I was, yeah, go ahead. I was so distracted that I almost burped into the microphone, and then I'm like, oh no, I can't. I can't pull yes, this timer. Can. I mean, I, mean I you can. can. It's You have the ability. But should you? Is no, I think you have enough gas built up to last us a whole show. I, you know, I'm a Belgian queen. What can I say? <laughs> it sounded for a second like Miss Christine Steimer said she was a Belgian queen. Also a Belgian, Belgian queen. queen. <laughs> uh, nah, nah, if oh, only. Only 17. Do you not know the words to Dancing Queen? No, I know you are the Dancing Queen 17 and that's it. I mean, those oh are gosh. the Feel most the prominent from words. The tambourine, oh, tambourine. Yeah, yeah the, you know what a tambourine is. I I think I do. Is oh, that no. weird? Like, is it that oh, weird? No. Like, that weird? Like, <laughs> to Google. Oh Tam- my god! Or, is it the weird thing? Are you really googling tambourine? You right know now? what a tambourine is? Oh, Brittany. it's it's a little like hand drum thing. Yes. Oh my god, a hand drum! I've never heard of a call. <laughs> you know, don't you like hold it and shake it? and You can like smack it. Correct. Listen, Shake yes. it, smack Listen. it into tambourine. Yo. I just made that up. I'll never forget what a tambourine <laughs> is now. Thank you, Sarah. Shake it, um, smack it. Welcome to What's Good Games, everybody. A show where things go off the rails within the first few minutes. We hope that you're here for the ride. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this week, whether it's your first episode or it's your 112th episode. <gasps> We're glad that you are joining us on this Independence Day week. So if you're listening to this episode, of course, we um, exploded the fireworks and ate hot dogs and beers and all the other very quintessential American things to celebrate our independence yesterday. And to do so for What's Good Games means it's time to talk about our game of the year so far. But we're not going to get to that quite yet. We have a couple of things we want to talk about, including a few news stories this week, so we'll get to that in the second segment. But I do want to say that this week's episode is brought to you by Stitch Fix, Quip and Gabby, and we'll talk about those folks later. We do want to say a big thank you to everybody who's dropped by our June Patreon streams this past weekend. We had a great time at the happy hour Q&A, and we made some really good progress in Until Dawn and the After Hour stream. I'm feeling good about where we're at. We didn't kill everyone. I was kind of surprised. We did didn't we really have, have an opportunity to was, kill anyone right now. I was just going to ask, mm-hmm. did we even have... Okay, we didn't. I don't think mm-hmm. so. No. I Has think, anyone died? Because it's, it's the... No, everyone's still alive. Everyone is still in play. Yeah. It's the next stream, which will be July... Uh, Saturday, July 27th. We will be finishing until dawn. 
And uh, I got to tell you, if you have never tuned in for one of the streams, you should really try and make it that one because the ending of Until Dawn gets pretty batshit crazy. And that's when people can like die like every few seconds. So like really, really die. No that pressure, Andrea. Yeah. Okay. No pressure, girl. And it'll be fun because we'll all be together in San Francisco. We'll just yell at Andrea the whole time while she plays because we'll well not at you. at the We'll yell at the screen. Not at you. Yeah. We will love and exactly. support you. Thank you. That's all I ever ask for in life is your love and support. Uh, well, I'm glad that you already uh, named the streams for the end of the month. Um, as a reminder, we have this website called whatsgoodgames.com. And if you put in the slash dear WGG, you can send us in your questions. Uh, we'll take a look at that and see if, uh, what we've got for this week. Um, in addition to all of those announcements, we have our fantastic new Patreon producer shout outs. This month, our Patreon producers are Tom Bach. Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Ate, and Muhammad Muhammad. And welcome to our Patreon community. This week, we've got Jacob Meyer, Luke Heff, Udini Diaz, Dylan Ferguson, Emily Robinson, Lesby, Jessica Hall, and Greg Bargus. Welcome, everybody. I think we everybody. should call him Greg Bargus, Greg Bargus. I think <laughs> I put his name in twice, accidentally. Yes, you did. Greg Bargus, so, like, Greg I Bargus. accidentally called Carly Carl. I'm yeah. sorry. It happens. And Robert Cober or what? what, what oh, yeah. Robert, Robert Cober. Robert <laughs> Cober. Yeah. Um, but he tweeted to us and said that actually his that, wife calls him that now, which I think is funny. That's because of their wedding that, caterer. Yeah. Did, right? Someone. Yeah. Someone on their wedding. I don't remember who they hired for their wedding, but someone kept messing up his name. And I was like, that's amazing. Brittany, See, what, what, is this, uh, what is this Layers of Fear 2 thing? Oh, yeah. So... By the time this podcast goes up, I'll have a playthrough of me playing Layers of Fear 2, the first hour of the game. AMD provided me with a kick-ass rig, so I'm pushing the limits and playing this bad boy. And it's, uh, it's, it's, I haven't played enough to talk about it yet, but I have squealed quite a bit while playing this. So if you go to youtube.com slash what's good games, you want to pour yourself a beverage, want to watch me play a spooky game, it's there for your viewing pleasure. Do you want to see her lock eyes with the fear? <laughs> yeah. That's basically what I do. I just stare at the screen the whole time while things jump out at me. Yes. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. I'm into this plan. I think it sounds awesome. Layers of Fear 2, a game that you would have to fill me with lots of wine in order to get me to play. <laughs> oh, yeah. It real good. <laughs> but thank you to AMD for making that uh, awesome rig possible. And before we get into the few news stories that we want to discuss this week, uh, Britt, did you have any more housekeeping that you wanted to do? Nay. Okay, I wanted to let you guys know that this week's episode is brought to you by Stitch Fix. Describe your look in one word. Casual, sophisticated, playful. However you dress, Stitch Fix has the expert personal stylist that can help you look your best. Personal style is like a fingerprint. Everyone has their own. Whatever your style, the expert stylists at Stitch Fix are ready to help you express yourself. Not all clothes are a fit for all men or women. With Stitch Fix, your personal stylist will send you clothing that makes you look your best. Less one-size-fits-all, more this fits your style. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service that delivers your favorite clothing brands right to your door. To get started, you got to go to stitchfix.com slash what's good and answer some questions about your preferred styles. Your personal shopper will ship a box of clothes, shoes, and accessories out to you. And there's no commitment required. You only pay for what you keep. Shipping, exchanges, and returns are always free. Plus, the $20 styling fee is automatically applied towards anything that you keep from your box. And you'll never have to think about looking good again with Stitch Fix. 
What I really love about Stitch Fix is going onto the website while I'm waiting for my next fitch, uh, fix to arrive and doing the voting process. Yep. Do you ladies ever do that? Like oh, a yes. thumbs up and thumbs down? Thumbs up, thumbs down. The- it's better than satisfying. like a dating app for me. I'm just like, <laughs> this is a little easier. <laughs> sort of like the swipe right, swipe left. You're like, yes clothes. on these booties, no on this blouse, yes on this necklace, no on these jeans. It's, mm-hmm. it's really fun. I find I it very recent- therapeutic. I recently got a box in and one of the things that was sent to me was this yellow dress and the way it was cut and styled. I'm like, usually these don't look good on me. I'm not like super excited about it, but I tried it on and I'm like, oh my God, this looks real good on me. So that's something else I love about it is that they send you stuff that you probably would just see at a department store and just pass it over because you're like, oh, that's not going to look good and skip it. But when they send it to you, you're like, I may as well try it on. They picked it out for me. And, and I've it's in my house of- right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I've, yeah, so I've got a lot of my new pieces of my wardrobe. Thanks to pieces like that. It's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. You can get started today at stitchfix.com slash what's good and try on your yellow dress that you didn't think would look good <laughs> by getting an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. That's right. Stitchfix.com slash what's good will get you an extra 25% off when you keep all of the items in your box. Stitchfix.com slash what's good. This week, our first news story is all about Epic. Wait oh, a minute. Boy. You're saying... Didn't you girls talk about Epic Game Store a lot last week? Why, oh. yes, we did. Yep. But this is not about Tim Sweeney. This is instead about Shenmue 3. So Epic will refund Shenmue 3 backers upset by the game's move to the Epic Game Store. This write-up comes from Polygon. Some of those who backed the campaign to make Shenmue 3 on Kickstarter were upset when the developers moved the retail product from Valve's Steam storefront to the Epic Game Store. Today, those same backers were informed that even though they were promised a Steam code at launch, they won't be able to get one. Those upset by the debacle are being offered a full refund by Epic Games, not Shenmue 3 developer Yeeznet. The announcement comes courtesy of a Kickstarter update from the game's development team and a series of tweets by Epic CEO Tim Sweeney. Oops, I lied. He's in this story. (laughs) Uh, We had originally planned for PC distribution through Steam, Yeeznet said. In response to backers who have requested Steam keys for their rewards, we discussed discussed offering the keys on the day of release. However, coordination with the sales policies of the involved companies was untenable. And as a result, we are not able to make day one distribution an option for Steam keys available. The post goes on to offer either physical product or digital game codes for Shenmue 3 via the Epic Game Store or PlayStation 4. If that's not sufficient, developers say they will give backers their money back. Some restrictions may apply, however. Those who back the project at higher tiers, for instance, may not be able to get all of their money back. Here's the Kickstarter, though. Oops, I meant the kicker. (laughs) (laughs) Freudian slip. Any and all refunds will come courtesy of Epic Games, not Usenet or Shenmue 3's current publisher, Deep Silver. Epic's funding the cost of all of the Kickstarter refunds resulting from Shenmue 3's move to the Epic Game Store so that refunds won't reduce the development funding. Uh, This quote is from Tim Sweeney. Epic is funding the cost of all the Kickstarter refunds resulting from Shenmue 3's move to the Epic Game Store so that refunds won't reduce Yeezynet development funding. That's a bold move by Epic, but Sweeney went even further. When future games go Epic exclusive after offering crowdfunding rewards on other PC stores, he said in a follow-up tweet, we'll either coordinate with colleagues at other stores to ensure key availability in advance or guarantee refunds at announcement time. Oh, wow. This is fantastic in the sense that, like, it's like, 
good guy epic and this even though yes people are probably like Mer, i still hate them because they've taken away my steam key yeah okay i get it you're mad <laughs> fine <laughs> but the fact that they are like you know what we're not trying to screw over the developer that is basically what they've said from day one and they've stuck to it and that's what i really appreciate is like they have an agenda and they're honest about their agenda and they are continuing to push it and i'm like yeah i can't be mad at that i can't be mad when someone's like you know what we're trying to make is better for developers, but we also don't want to totally, you know, screw over any of our players. So, like, we'll do our best to make this right by you out of our own pocket. And, like, meanwhile, Steam's just sitting around being quiet. Mm. So. Doing nothing. Not making bullshit. any moves. Your yep. bullshit detector isn't going off with Epic or Tim Sweeney. No, That's like I already said, I've already I already talked about Tim yeah. Sweeney enough last week. I like him. I think he, he's he a saved good the guy. forest. He yeah, did I save the forest. Now he's this- going to save all the developers. Sorry, <laughs> 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 Fern Gully, but for Kingdom. I remember when this was a it was a cluster because people once they announced the Epic partnership, folks were trying to get their money refunded, and the refunds were being declined. And then people were like, "What do you mean? I want my Steam key!" And then everyone was really mad. I mean, hey, like if you were promised one thing. And now they're like, nope, we're just going to pull a little slip here. Like, I can understand that being a frustrating oh, thing. And so yeah. definitely the right call to offer refunds. Uh, you know, if you don't want to leave your life that you've built on Steam and for Epic, hey, I get it. But at least now you'll get your money back. I think I read somewhere that if you want a Steam key, you have to wait a year after release. And then for you can Shenmue? get your Steam key. Yeah. Mm. Um, but if you obviously you don't want to do that. Then uh, you have other options, but hey, yeah. I, mean, I don't know how this could have been handled any better considering I mean, the circumstances. Yeah, it would just be exactly what Tim says, and that you would have that at the announcement time, like ready to go as part of messaging. Like that's probably the only thing that they can improve upon in the future. Is like, hey, this is happening, but also we understand that a lot of you may have made plans and or are expecting a certain thing, and you're not going to get that thing. So you can either take one of these other options or we will give you your money back. Yeah. But I think that's super awesome that they are making sure the development of the game doesn't lose any money because uh, that was already a game that obviously I mean, <laughs> needed it. It needed to be crowdfunded. So Could you imagine? And the crowd- yeah, and the crowdfunding only covered a small portion of the, the crowdfunding development cost totally the crowdfunding was basically like show us there's an interest so that other investors are willing to put money up for this um and you know it was enough so Woo. i don't even know if epic could have not re- didn't, okay let me tar- start over i don't think ep- there's a universe where epic could have been like okay sorry you're gonna have to refund these yourselves because if you think about it their whole messaging this time has been we're here for the developers we want the developers to save money and so if EaseNet had to, or Deep Silver had to refund or take care of the refunds. It'd been like, oh, so now because of your their deal with you, Epic, they're losing money and having to issue refunds. So I, I'm not saying this is a bullshit detector because I think this is the best way you could have handled this. But at the same time, I don't think they could have gotten away with passing the buck on the refunds to Deep Silver or EaseNet because it just would have gotten have away with the two of it hadn't been <laughs> for you been kids. For you. <laughs> no, you, what's the word? You what kids? You uh, pesky kids and that dog or I don't know. No, it's Something you. Like uh, I don't know. Mangy? Anyway. I don't know. Mangy kids. <laughs> Mangy kids. Pesky? pesky? Pesky. I said pesky. I don't think oh. it was pe- meddling. 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 Weren't for you That's meddling weird. kids. There we go. 
But yeah. Um, I'm with you. I don't think that Yeeznet and Deep Silver would have done this deal if it would have if Epic hadn't volunteered to take on the cost because they, I think they know the public backlash would have been swift based off everything that we've seen with other publishers coming forward with their deals with the Epic Game Store. Um, but I'm glad to see that Epic, once again, is just beating the drum of, hey, we're here for developers. Don't forget. We just want the developers to get the money. Um, and I know that like the ongoing conversation that we do- talked about last week was about, well, is the Epic Game Store more consumer-friendly or more developer-friendly? And I would say maybe it's not such a bad thing that the store is trying to put more money in the pockets of the developers making the game. Just food for thought. Mm-hmm. All right. Next story. Uh, Steimer, do you want to read this one? I don't get to read the next one? Okay. I want to read the last Brittany, or the next one. Do yeah. you want to read this one? <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> Sony, I wanted to read about his, but I wanted his time. No, it's okay. You, you can get you can get Geralt. Okay. Sony is considering studio acquisitions ahead of PS5 via IGN. Sony is considering acquiring more development studios as it gears up for the launch of PS5. Talking to Nikkei, Nikkei, translation via Komatsu. Sony and Interactive Entertainment President and CEO Jim Ryan said that quote content is more important than ever before, aka the most PR thing ever. Anyway, in order to secure more content, the company is considering the merger and acquisition of game developers. The thought comes to Sony as it observes new companies enter the industry, such as Google with its Stadia streaming platform. But while Sony no doubt needs to work even harder to ensure it's competitive, the gaming giant welcomes new players in the space. Quote, Companies new to the games industry looking at the market with hope is something we definitely welcome, said Ryan. Sony Interactive Entertainment has 25 years of experience in the games industry and has big assets. I got big butts of the The other companies can't deny, deny. when indie walks what? in with itty bitty exclusivity. I don't know what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> should, should this become more than a consideration, it will see Sony acquire more developers for its first party portfolio, meaning more studios working on PlayStation exclusive games. Exclusives have long been key to ensuring console success stories, and Sony has arguably seen this more than ever during this generation's lifespan with PS4 games, which is God of War and Uncharted 4. Don't forget about, you know, Spider-Man. It seems likely that Sony would want to secure more exclusives for the upcoming PS5. <laughs> and then it's funny because oh, that's, that's yeah that's when the <laughs> other the thing because the next story kind of got leaked into here so it's like sony oh. wants to secure more exclusives <laughs> for the upcoming ps5 henry cavill flaunts his witcher's bottom <laughs> i was like um, what that's that's definitely different hold your hold your thoughts on hold on your bottoms. bottom um I think the reason why they didn't put Spider-Man in here is because it's not from a Sony-owned studio. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, but it I is, even though it's a, an exclusive, but they don't own Insomniac, at least not yet. Speaking uh-huh. of that... See, as they're saying, the company is considering the merger and acquisition of game developers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rob's beard. <laughs> I think, obviously, Insomniac Games is an easy target for if... PlayStation was going to buy a studio, which studio would they buy? Mm -hmm. They have a long history of working with Insomniac on several titles, including the well-known Ratchet & Clank. And I think that they tried doing a little thing with Microsoft with Sunset Overdrive, and it did not work out in their favor, even though I still stand by that game. That was a good game. a, a A fantastic gem that a lot of people overlooked. But... If I was Insomniac after having this amazing run with PlayStation for Spider-Man, I'd be like, hey, 
maybe that's what I'm going to shack up with. Or maybe Ted Price is over there going, yo, we've been doing just fine by ourselves. We don't need anybody to buy us. We're good. There's that. <laughs> but then there's true. also like Ted Price is in a real good spot. He's got technically two companies that could be wanting his, his stuff. Right? Like, because even though Sunset Overdrive didn't do great, Insomniac is still a killer developer. So Absolutely. it'd be like Microsoft is already looking to beef up. So I see no reason why he could not create a bidding war and get himself Mucho Dolores for his Ew. company. That's a fair point. I don't know how much Xbox would be willing to bid up at this point, knowing that they've made all of these other acquisitions for studios that are on their slate. I think that... They've maybe spent their budget, as it were, to buy <laughs> studios, to be like, hey, maybe we need to pump the brakes on uh, buying studios and really start publishing some games first and selling some more hardware to make good on those investments that we've made already. But mm-hmm. I don't know what other studios Sony might consider acquiring. I thought Double Fine would have been a shoe in but obviously Microsoft uh, beat Sony to the punch there, but... Yeah, I'm mm. thinking like middle. They also like kind of double beat them to the punch studios. with like, um, oh my god, the people who did Hellblade, fuck Ninja, Ninja Theory. Theory, and uh, yeah, so like they've kind of. So that's why I'm like, I wouldn't necessarily count Microsoft out if Insomniac was looking to sell, just because I feel that's like fair. they've kind of swooped in a couple of times already and taken. Swooping is bad, Steiner. <laughs> Yay! I'm glad you yeah. get it. <laughs> Swooping is bad. Dragon Age. People are, yeah, I'm like, that's a Dragon Age thing yeah, for yeah. people who are very confused. Um, I think what needs to happen is Sony just needs to acquire THQ, and then they have all of the studios. And now, basically, there's no independent studios left because Sony owns... Because <laughs> THQ owns THQ almost 200 IPs. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, wrong. I know, I was trying to think. So, Quantic Dream's off doing, like, their own thing right now. They, they have, like, this new taste of found freedom. And they're like, we're doing things. I can't think. I'm trying to think of who. What would make more? What would make the most sense? Like, what's an mm. actual like probable acquisition here? And I'm struggling. Well, when I look at Sony's first party slate of games, the glaring gap in type of game that they're missing is first person shooter. Right? If you look at Xbox, they've got Halo, and then they've got their third person shooter Gears, and mm-hmm. so they really have that like high action sector of gamers covered which is a very giant portion of gamers who buy games every year right look at call of duty uh we know that sony's not going to be buying activision obviously yeah (laughs) so what big company that does either a third or first person shooter is available and would be a potentially good partner you get insomniac and you get resistance Dude, I'm fucking hoping another resistance is coming so bad. But that's such a it's kind of more of a narrative niche title in the shooter genre at large. I don't look at resistance as like a blockbuster shooter. Yeah, I mean and yeah. obviously um Girl I used to do Killzone. But it's I feel like PlayStation at least in general might be like, you know what, our first party first person shooters, they never like do as well as say a call of duty or a battlefield Mm -hmm. so maybe we should just focus on maintaining those partnerships and making it look like those are exclusive to us because the modern consumer doesn't know their ass from a hole in the ground and like just trick them what if they (laughs) bought what if they bought people can fly 
Ooh. What if they bought People Can Fly and they took over the publishing rights from Square Enix for the new Outriders, the new ah. FPS game that we saw at the Square Enix press conference at E3? I think that could be really interesting. That? Yes, that could be interesting. Hmm. Because People Can Fly make great shooters. Yeah. I love Bulletstorm. Bulletstorm. That was awesome. I'm trying to think, what about a J? I mean, this is a thing. Ooh, crazy thought. Crazy thought. Because I was going to say... Come at me with the crazy. I'm coming at you with the crazy because I'm looking at like level five, for example, right? They make they oh. make Dark Cloud. They make Nino Kuni, Yokai Watch. I don't know if... And some of... I think Nino Kuni actually is a PlayStation exclusive already. So yeah. maybe I'm just like talking out my ass here. But then I was thinking like, do they really need like the big JRPG studios to be under their umbrella? I was like, what if they could get Final Fantasy VII exclusive? What if they could get Square Enix? But if that wouldn't work, mm. what if they I would- mean, that would be a gigantic get. Oh, I mean, yeah. They got all of Square Enix. I mean, it would make sense because they've done so many PlayStation exclusive deals with Square games already. Like, it's like a tee up for a partnership. But I don't know if Square would want to sell that way. And that would be really mucky, especially with all the licensing deals they have going on right now. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. True. Maybe they can acquire what's good interesting. games. And they can interest us on their little, you know, feature screen all the time. And we can talk about... Ah, yes. Yeah, feature us on your feature screen. Feature us on your feature screen. <laughs> That's our pitch. Feature us on your feature screen, please. <laughs> um, well, something to ponder as we go into the next generation. Let us know in the comments below who you think Sony should buy. And if there's a studio that you think would be a perfect match dude what if they bought capcom oh i mean that also seems like a good fit but i don't know given capcom's long history with xbox it seems like it would be i mean not not out of the realm of possibility just not probable yeah, and Capcom's doing real good right now. I mean, if this was a couple years ago, maybe we could be like, well, maybe that would be idea- a good idea. But with Resident Evil, Devil May Cry, and Monster Hunter, they're just like sitting on their high horse. They're doing real good. But they're like, I got this. It's fine. Yeah, we're fine. We're making yeah. lots of money. Yeah. yeah. All right. All can right. I can I read the world's most yes, important <laughs> news story? You go for it. If you missed it this week, you get your ass on the internet right now and look at this other ass. Because it's beautiful. <laughs> Henry Cavill flaunts his Witcher's bottom and other photos from Netflix's new show. Uh, this is from Eurogamer. This is going to be really, uh, this is quite a hilarious read, so I'm it just going to lean right into it. <laughs> what a fine rump Henry Cavill has. A super bottom, you could say. So why not slap it on a poster for Netflix's new Witcher TV or show? Or slap it in general. Oh. Hey, hey. Anyways, uh, yes, exactly. Which is why Cavill, turned away from the camera, decked out in full Witcher garb, is the lead image for the show. And it's a clever shot because, bum aside, it's how you see Geralt, the character Cavill is playing, Ledoy, uh, for hours and hours when you play the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt video game. It's familiar. It's saying, this is the character you know, and this is his ass. I added that last part. <laughs> but, um... Uh, <laughs> Oh, and his carrying only one sword in place of the two you're used to seeing him with in the games. As people pointed out in the comments below, Geralt carries one sword in the books, leaving the other with his horse Roach for when he needs it. And the show, remember, is based on the books, not the games. Witcher showrunner Lauren Hisrich referred to it on Twitter, too, quoting, Geralt is stoic, 
circumspect, balanced, fierce, soft and squishy at a tiny place in his heart that he'll never reveal until maybe the end. And even then it will just be a hint. And yes, he only carries one sword and wait for it. I love <laughs> oh, wait, it. And so wait for it. Dot, 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 she wrote and let the, tra- the thought trail off. Netflix also released the first in-character pictures we've seen of Siri, played by Freya Allen, and Yennefer, played by Anya Chalrotha. Chalrotha. I don't know know how you'll say your name. I'm sorry. Uh, But yeah, and there was more than just the butt shot from Henry Cavill. There was some very fine jawlines happening. Let's talk about your your tweet. Yes. (laughs) Your tweet, tweet, Steimer. The tweet of thirst. Yeah. (laughs) The tweet of thirst heard around the world. Not quite. (laughs) Uh, I mean, the Witcher promo shots look real good, y'all. He looks real good. <laughs> no, it was so funny because I hadn't seen these yet. I just see Steimer's tweet, and she's like, "Listen, Geralt could always get it, but goddamn, this ain't fair." And I looked, and I'm like, "Yeah, he looks real good." It's just, and I it's think not there was fair. a there was a subsequent tweet of if this is the image I see before my I die, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, because I told her I said, Steimer, what are we gonna do? And Steimer said, we're just going to die from the hotness. And I said, but if we die, we can't see Geralt anymore. She's like, that's fine. That's a good way to go. If if that is, if I die in a way that I'm prepared for, like it's not a sudden death, please show me these images before <laughs> I go. And I'll be like, ah, yes. Henry like, Cavill. Just look at Henry Cavill's thighs one yeah, more time. Just his big, chunky <laughs> tree trunk thighs into it. <laughs> um, I love how the internet has completely 180 on Henry Cavill as Geralt because we all remember when he was first announced and they did that first test shot of him in the wig. People freaked the fuck out. People they were like, like to oh freak my out. God, not my Geralt and all this. And I was like, no. just give it, just give it some time. You know, he's got to like get into character. He's got to be in full hair and makeup. This is clearly just a test shot. And now these photos clearly do not disappoint. <laughs> there was also a funny um, sort of joke article like, man, the Witcher production can't gets delayed because Henry Cavill won't stop accepting side gigs. And it's a joke about like how he's how many side quests are in The Witcher. But people <laughs> didn't read the article and they were like, you should just fire him then. What an unprofessional actor. Wow. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, y'all did not read the story. Lol. The joke. Whoosh. Yeah. Right over the head. And straight yeah. over did the head. Did you see uh, Yennefer's character? I did. Um, are you, do you see all the fur she has on her? I the- like her outfit a lot. Okay. I think her outfit is pretty, pretty dope. Yeah. She does look And she has the violet eyes. The she, I could, and the shots I saw, I was like, she looks like she has yeah. brown eyes. You know what I want to do is I want to read the books because I am familiar with Witcher lore in terms of like what you get in the Witcher video games. But when it comes to the books, I think I read one many years ago, but I don't remember much about them. But I remember they were really good. So I want to find out what books I should read and in what order. And then I would like to read these before. That definitely Didn't exists that. on the interwebs. Yeah. Yeah, because they weren't originally translated for a long time, right? They were only in Polish for like the longest time. I, think so. um, I mean, they've been in English for a, at least some of them have been in for, for a little mm-hmm. bit. Oh, a little bit whole, now. But we don't know if the whole series is translated. Maybe this is off the top of my head. No, I don't remember. Because this is coming out this year. So... Hey. Give me, give me Henry Cavill Wait, as a girl. Because he's really with- hot, but he's also cool. And he carries a sword and leaves his other one on the horse. And then he stabs monsters, but people too. He's Geralt. 
Geralt. Geralt. That, should, that should be the theme music. Um, Netflix, <laughs> give me a call. Happy to oblige and uh, give you some of my original tunes. <laughs> yeah, so the eight-episode Witcher series will be released on Netflix at some point during the last three months of the year. Oh, that's kind of I will up. stay inside my house and binge watch. Oh, yeah, girl. Oh, my God, I was like, but it's going to be great. I hope. I'll send really you hope. like a, a a nice faux fur blanket so you can like snuggle in faux animal fur and watch Geralt's chonky thighs. Oh It'll yeah, be great. Oh yeah, girl. He's just gonna like stomp, stomp, and I'm gonna be like, yeah. You can order yourself some pie hole. Live your best life. <laughs> this sounds, um, this like, sounds a great like a great, really time. nice time. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> get a bottle of wine, get a mac and cheese pie. <laughs> watch some Geralt okay on that note that's gonna do it for the news this week as you can tell because it's a holiday here in the United States the news is pretty light um, there was something that was going on with some streamer who likes to have a fake mustache but you know what we can't be bothered to talk about that guy so uh, you can go somewhere else like KFGD if you want to hear about some other news of the day for now let's take a short break and when we come back it's time ladies and gentlemen for our game of the year so far discussion We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It's segment two of the What's Good Games podcast. This is normally where we talk about what we've been playing. But because it's a holiday week here in the United States, we decided to once again bring to you our game of the year so far. Yeah. But before we get to that, this week, it's brought to you by Quip. Listen, we're not the first to say it. Sometimes we need a vacation from our vacation. Delayed flights, hotel snafus, chatty travel companions. Get away for two minutes twice a day with Quip. Their wireless electric toothbrush is lightweight and compact, so it packs away easily in your tote or carry on when you overstuff your luggage. Hey, it happens to all of us unless you're Brittany and you constantly travel with a giant uh, checked piece of luggage. Very true. No shade. We love you. Okay. Plus, the timed sonic vibrations give you a meditative break from that jam-packed itinerary, even if it's just between moving from the hammock to the pool chair. Did I say hammock? You, you did. Hammock? Hammock. Hammock? Hammock. 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 <laughs> Sorry. Love you. I haven't, I haven't read the word hammock in a long time. <laughs> uh, speaking of sensitive sonic vibrations, they are for an effective clean that's gentle on your sensitive gums because people brush too hard and some electric toothbrushes are too abrasive. Plus, Quip has got that built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and help you clean your whole mouth evenly because up to 90% of us don't brush for the full two minutes or don't clean evenly. Guilty as charged. Mm. I don't do it all the time. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. And they're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals. And they have thousands of verified five-star reviews. When it's fine, uh, finally time to go home, you can keep staycationing with a fresh and simple health routine. I love my Quip because I never have to worry about it being charged when I travel. And you guys know, we are on the road for What's Good Games all the time. We all have our Quips and we just toss it in our dop kit, as the cool kids say, because we learned that. Uh, it's, it's just a fancy way to say toiletries bag. Oh. Um, and... 
<laughs> well, you knew that. Didn't we talk about that on the show once? Yeah, probably. And I forgot it already. Oh, okay. That sounds right. <laughs> uh, plus, the, one of the major things I really love about Quip, in addition to uh, it being a very convenient way to travel with a fancy toothbrush, is that they always keep me stocked on toothpaste, which is super handy. It just arrives in the mail, and I never even have to think about it. And that's why I love Quip. And I'm taking it to Los Angeles this summer because I'm going down to visit Stammer. It's going to yeah. be great. Party and time. Maybe- and maybe we're all going to a really super cool secret event that we can't talk to you about <gasps> yet, but you'll know about it soon. Mm. Quip starts at just 25 bucks, and if you go to getquip.com slash what's good right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash what's good to get your first refill pack for free. And just as a reminder, I know that you can buy Quip in stores now because Quip is exploding because they're the best. But when you buy from us and from our link, it helps support everything we do here at What's Good Games. And we appreciate every dollar that you guys send our way. Next up is Gabby. Looking for new home or auto insurance is the absolute worst. But throwing away money on a mediocre policy is just, well, a waste of money. Most people overpay for their car and home insurance because shopping around is an absolute nightmare. You have to fill out tons of tedious forms and deal with being bombarded by spam calls and aggressive salespeople. But now you can find the best insurance in just two minutes. Gabby is a free service that helps you save money without the stress. It used to take hours to sift through and compare insurance policies to get the best deal, but Gabby does insurance shopping for you in minutes. They use your current insurance info to immediately compare your policy against quotes from nearly every major insurance company to find you the best rates for the coverage you need. They find savings for two-thirds of users with an average of $865 a year. Just think about all of the video games you guys could buy with that extra cash. You could finally pick up the VR headset that you've always wanted. Oh, boy. And unlike other insurance comparison sites, Gabby will never sell your data to insurance companies, so no annoying spam or robocalls. Take two minutes and see if you can save up to $856 a year on car insurance today. Go to Gabby.com slash WGG to start the process of saving money with no fees, no forms, and no spam. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash WGG to save money on your insurance today. All right, now it's time for us to discuss the game of the year so far. This year has been an interesting one. I was going to say a weird one, but there's been a plethora of games. But I feel like at this time last year, um, we had some really strong contenders. Obviously, we had God of God War, of War. <laughs> which was a huge contender. and obviously went on to win uh, many uh, game of the year awards from several outlets, including us. But this year, I feel like it's a little bit more of a toss-up. But, Brittany, I know that you've done a lot of research on this. Would you like to kick things off? I would. So, here, here's the thing. I polled our community. I'm going to start with this. Okay. I asked our Reddit and Twitter what their favorite game of the year was so far. I, you know, I didn't necessarily specify whether it was personal or critical, because they're different things, right? Of course. Um, and so, this, is, this was interesting. Here are the games that we have. The number one game by a landslide was Resident Evil 2, which is not surprising. But closely, not closely following it, but the next up was Sekiro, Devil May Cry 5, The Outer Wilds, Days Gone, and then Days Gone, and then The Division 2 were tied, Mario Maker 2, Bloodstained, and when I say tied, by, I tallied the number of people who voted for these. 
So, you, okay, let me start over. So you have Days Gone, The Division 2 tied, Mario Maker 2, Bloodstained, and Mortal Kombat 11 were tied for 7th place. And then for 8th place, Plague Tale Innocence, Cadence of Hyrule, Metro Exodus, and Katana Zero were tied. And then number 9 was Dreams, Apex Legends, and Rage 2. Can you copy and paste this into the doc? Do you have yeah. this written down somewhere? I, of course, girl. I got I you. I was trying to write them down, and all I wrote down was Mario Maker 2. Mario. I mean, you know what? Like, I give you an A for effort. <laughs> I'm happy that you at least tried. Thanks. There you go. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It's, oh, no. Covering your, it's covering your face now, No, not Brittany. in Skype, in the dock, Brittany, in the dock. <laughs> Oh, is it my face? Hi, I'm the text yeah, right now. Not on, not You're on back. Skype. Put it in the, put it in the actual. <laughs> just uh, for oh, everybody okay. watching at youtubecom games. I was like, what just I do? A, just a reminder: anything you text or type oh, into the right. chat will appear on camera. Just an FYI. <laughs> well, good thing I didn't type anything important. Uh, true, I guess. Oh, hey, thanks, John. John came out here to give you some more wine. I see him. Where's my yeah, wine, you asshole? <laughs> Wait, what? What did he say? Yes. Yeah, you might as well just leave it here. Just leave the bottle. It's fine. Just leave the bottle. Yeah. All right, Brittany, well, okay. paste, paste it well, in the well, actual document, not in the same. I did. Yes, you did. Oh, I where? Did. Oh, okay. oh, oh, oh. Okay, it's right so above um, the e penis. I definitely think we just start with the biggest one here and work our yeah. way down. Obviously, to me, the contender right now the top contender is resident evil 2 that would be my number one pick for game of the year if i had to pick right now yeah easily even though i don't like scary games everyone's like freaking out about this thing so i'm just like yeah they probably would would definitely make it on there the sad part to me is like i haven't finished any of these games you know what the game i did finish was crackdown 3 oh well, no one ever, yeah. and I'm not saying it should be goatee material. It's definitely not, but I'm just saying it was fun enough that I actually completed all of it, and the correct size. That's what she said, and <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm just putting it out there. Hey, yeah. you're allowed to have fun with a game, and it, it's okay if it's not game of the year material. I've obviously been spending a lot of time with Destiny Two Forsaken's new seasons. But they're not Game of the Year material, even though I was very excited that they made uh, Best Ongoing Game in the Game Critics Awards, which I realized we never went over. But Oh, yeah. Because um, it ha- the, it, the, Jeff released all of the winners last week after we had already taped last week's episode. All you, but, all you guys need to know is my personal Game of the Years have won – or not Game of the Year. Yeah, no – yeah, yeah, your 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 game of show game of show have won the past was two years. Resident Evil Seven Two, two. remake, yeah. Resident Evil Two remake, and then Final yeah. Fantasy Seven this year. I'm not saying I have the touch of, oh, I don't know, <laughs> fuck it. I was gonna say like the touch of someone, the prophet. You can call me Brits to drama, Brits Adamus from now on. Anyway, Brits Adamus, everybody, Brits Adamus does, doesn't yeah. quite roll off the tongue. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I need something better. Help. Dear WGG. Um, yeah, so obviously it's not surprising, like you're saying, that Resident Evil 2 is on here. I checked the Metacritic, and it's at a whopping 92. Woo. And yeah, I was like, damn. And I, I keep forgetting. It seems like that game came out so long ago. And February. I think yeah. yeah. Oh, no, end of January. Jan- end January. January. Yeah, like last week in January. And I wonder if it's because ever since it was announced about a year ago, I had just been following it like a hawk. And so I feel like this game's been out way longer than that. But yeah, Resident Evil 2, man, that's not surprising. Number two, though, was Sekiro. That doesn't and, surprise me either, actually. 
Mm. It's not my type of game and it's not a thing I enjoy playing, but I I definitely can see its merit and I can see why people do enjoy it. It's just not a thing that I would ever really be into. Yeah. yeah, I didn't spend nearly enough time with this game to properly evaluate it, probably because I hated myself every minute I was playing this game. And I think that's <laughs> the tr- that's the trouble with from, from software title. I think there's no denying the innovation, the uh, combat design, the level design, and the animation in their games are always top-notch. The thing that's troubling for me is the accessibility argument that we had ad nauseum when that game came out about can gamers even play this game um the majority of gamers and obviously we're not going to dip back into that discussion right now but i absolutely think that sekiro deserves a place on this list as a game of the year contender so far absolutely mm-hmm. and then devil may cry 5 number three and oh yeah i was yeah. pumped for this this game surprised me in so many ways i was never a devil may cry player um i I just always seen it from a distance and been like ah that looks a little too weird and flashy for me but after getting to spend a lot of time with it at tokyo game show and then obviously you know capcom provided us with codes when the game came out i was really impressed however i do think that they could have pushed some of their boundaries in certain aspects, but I think overall it was a really highly polished, super fun game. It was, and it was the first time I actually sat down with the Devil May Cry game. And as I don't have any relations with Dante. I don't really know. I'm not attached to him is what I meant to say. But uh, I once I started, I couldn't stop. It was just so fun. It was, you know, a thrill. We're along for the ride. Of course, I played on the easy mode because I don't like the, doing the combos and all that kind of, of course. stuff. Of course. Baby-ass hey. baby mode, girl. Oh, no, I know. I, baby-ass I had this a baby, baby mode. mode gonna do a baby ass baby mode but it was fun Simon, you didn't play this one right not yet okay you should nero mm-hmm. is hot who nero, nero. nero. okay i thought mm-hmm. i thought you said that but i wanted to make sure that i heard you correctly because skype cuts in and out sometimes and they uh, had this and they had this badass lady quartersmith mm-hmm. quartermaster quartermaster one of, uh, yeah. she She's essentially like a gunsmith type character where she will build all these cool badass weapons for you and she's super fun. Yeah. yeah. And also Devil May Cry, I didn't come across any bugs or issues. So that's obviously super important. We're looking at this from a critical perspective. Now, number four, The Outer Wilds. I haven't played this, but I'm hearing this game talked about a bunch. Yes, I keep and I actually confused me for a second because... That was out of You know, life is life is busy and my brain gets a little confused sometimes. And yes, I was like, but outer but outer wilds isn't coming out until this fall, because I was thinking it's, outer worlds. It's not you, it's literally everybody, because yeah. I don't know if Obsidian just did not know that this game was coming out before they announced their game. But like the Anna Perner has been showing the Outer Wilds for like two years now. I've seen it at several community events including gdc including pax it's uh, created by a team called mobius digital um it's an open world exploration action adventure indie video game is is what the description is um and it's on a time loop um and so your game resets every 22 minutes and so it's got this really interesting hook to it um i've only played about a, an hour or two of it because I just got really off put by the um, rocket controls where you your spaceship goes up and down off of planets. But it's it's a really interesting concept. And it's a game that I definitely want to go back and spend some more time with. 
But goddamn, the naming convention is going to be awful, especially since The Outer Worlds, you know, my personal game of show from E3 this year, launches this fall. So that means technically these two games could potentially be vying for Game of the Year contention against each other. Oh, my God. How awkward will it be if at the game awards they're like oh no and it's the and then it's one of them but the oh, other people no. get confused and they think it's them and then they both like start walking up moment and then you're like oh no wait which one did they say and then like the person on stage reading the cue card is like oh fuck uh uh <laughs> supposed to be that would be bad this does seem like disaster waiting to happen yes yes it is so is the outer wilds anything like no man's sky no i mean the only thing that they have in common is that they allow you to land and take off in a little rocket on multiple planets but no man's sky is a massive universe full of procedurally generated planets where kajillion billions of planets exactly whereas the outer worlds is a very set amount of outer Outer wilds yes the outer (laughs) wilds God damn it. Um, um, has a very set amount of planets. It's more of a bespoke experience. Mm. Like it's a very like specific narrative crafted game. Um, and so it's not like this crazy wild, like your experience will be, you know, 100% different, but mm. even though technically it kind of will because it's an exploration game. For some reason, but, I um, thought the two games are similar. And I think that's just based off of the little snippets I've been seeing on social media. But uh, yeah. Hmm. Well, if you read the description on theouterwilds.com, it says the Outer Wilds is an exploration game about curiosity, roasting marshmallows, and unraveling oh. the mystery of the cosmos. Oh, wow. yeah, you can roast mars- mars- marshmallows in this game. I want, can I oh, roast a marshmallow in real life? Yeah. You, you, I mean, every grocery store is featuring them right now because That's s'mores, true. it's oh. s'more season, y'all. It sure is. Oh, Oh, Outer Wilds. Andrea, I think I watched you play this at PAX East a couple well, years ago. did, at yeah. the Annapurna booth. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's all clicking now. For some reason, I just didn't remember that was the name of it. Okay. That, yeah, the, when you mentioned the 22-minute the loop, I remember now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, very cool. Well, good for them. I'm glad it's doing well. Now, number five, Days Gone. This is a game I've been wanting to get back to. Um, It's just right now I'm kind of swamped with a whole bunch of shit, but I I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the time I had with it, despite all the the really shitty bugs and the sound issues I had. And I know you two got farther than I did in this game. And then you're like, oh, we're done. But I I still I hear the call of Deacon. I really liked Deacon, but I just feel like this game was too flawed for me to ever really put it in game of the year contender. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I I, I'm actually really surprised, Brittany, that you haven't finished this because this is like. So in your wheelhouse of an action adventure game that you would love because of the 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 freakers and the post apocalyptic kind of vibe that's happening in the world. Yeah, I, I lost a week when I went to I was traveling, so I missed a week of it then and then I had that really bad sound glitch. And so that mm, I also is that lost fixed a week. Yet? Yeah, they think pushed several patches okay. since good, good, good. release so, in May. Yeah. Well yeah, but like they kept pushing patches that said they fixed it, but it still wasn't fixing it on her game. So I was curious if it finally Yeah, resolved. they finally fixed it for my game. But unfortunately, yeah, so I'm assuming the people who put it in here put it in here for a personal, you know, game of the year, something that they enjoyed that's not critically acclaimed. But yeah, I definitely miss out on a couple weeks there, um, because it was just I was on vacation for one and two the sound I couldn't play it with that sound glitch. And then by the time, because like, here's the thing with what we do is you can only allocate so much time to a game. Like you have the games that you go back to and you play like in the evening for a couple hours, like Andrew with Destiny. 
But when you're reviewing games, like as your career, you know, you have to be able to jump from game to game. And if a game is taking up too much of your time, it's like, well, eventually you just got to move on to something else. And that's kind of what I did. And it makes me sad. But I'd like to get back to it. Will it happen? I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think like I said, I think I mentioned this maybe last week, but or at, on a previous show. But I think kind of where I'm at. I was like, okay, I think I'm done now because I I ran into this mission where I wasn't prepared enough, like with all the right weapons or whatever, and I'm just having trouble struggling through it. Um, And I'm annoyed because I've played it on like regular this whole time. And it's, it yelled, it was like, do you want to like, do you want to like make it easier now? And I was like, fuck you game. This is your fault because you (laughs) set me up for this. You fucking didn't. (laughs) Make me! I didn't know what bullshit was going to be coming out at me in this stupid mission, and I can't checkpoint back. Oh, so, God. like, now I'm just screwed and I'm stuck here. So I was just like, well, I guess I leave you here. Goodbye. Do you need me to remote play you out of this situation? Wow. 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 <laughs> if you I'm think just, you can, you go right ahead. I'm just offering as a friend, if you want to continue playing, maybe I can help you get out of it. Now, we just need to sneak into her room when she's sleeping and turn down the difficulty so she won't know. And then she'll play it. <laughs> if she doesn't know that you turned down the difficulty, she's great. She just can't know that you turned it down. That's hey, I turned point, the difficulty Brent. down in rage. But I also don't give a fuck about Yeah, rage. I was going to say, I don't think you really care. Because I know you with, oh, God, what was that one game? Celeste. You had an issue oh, with yeah. that one. I did. It, but then once I turned it down, I was like, I'm having so much more fun in this game. Yeah, Exactly. Have fun in your games always. Have fun in um, life. I think that this game, Days Gone, has no shot at Game of the Year. Literally zero chance. No. Does it mean it's not a fun game? Does it mean you didn't have a great time with it and that they aren't doing some interesting, good things with this game and that the cutscenes were well-directed and the music is nice and the writing is cool? Like, doesn't mean any of that. I just don't think that this game has any shot at winning Game of the Year in 2019. Do you think it has a flat. shot of any of the awards, like the more maybe specific, or you think it's a no, it's going to be shut out? I think it'll be nominated for Action Adventure of the Year. And, and won't could, win, yeah. And it could potentially be nominated for sound design. It could potentially be nominated for animation, but I don't think it will win. No, I think it's going to get shut out. I mean, think about the last two years of games and, and what we have coming this fall. Uh, I look at a game like Spider-Man and how that game got shut out of almost oh, all the yeah. awards last year. That was year, a great you know? game. Yeah. And that game's like a masterpiece game. So I could see uh, potentially Sam Witwer getting nominated for acting. Oh, I absolutely see him getting nominated for sure. Yeah. Number six, The Division 2. Oh, yeah. Shooty McShoot game. Pew, pew. Uh- I loved this game. I'm so glad that other people are loving this game. I absolutely think this is a game of the year contender. And the reason I think that is because what Massive and Redstorm did is taking the feedback from their fans, from all of the players and everything and really building and innovating in a way with an open world multiplayer game and the amount of detail that they put into building Washington, D.C. and really recreating so faithfully some of these iconic locations, but then also providing this level of mystery, this sense of adventure and exploration where you would like 
see a manhole cover that's open. You're like, oh, I've never been down there before. And you get to explore a whole new area and find loot for a section of the map that you had no reason to be down there, but you were just exploring. There's still so many parts of the map that are remain unchecked and kind of like unexplored. And I just, I can't say enough about what an amazing time I had playing this game. And the as a person who like didn't hop in right at the beginning, but came in a little bit later, I do really appreciate the way they designed it to kind of allow people to carry you fairly fairly easily. Like a lot of little little design choices that they made, I super appreciated because, like for instance, Andrea has every place unlocked on her map. Now instead of my stupid ass running from point A to point B, she can just go there, and I can just teleport to her. And that to me is like. Mwah, chef's kiss beautiful thank you so much um they really did think about how you want to play with your friends and built it out that way which i'm like yes praise you thank you praise you you know i haven't hopped into the division two in a while and i can't quite put my finger on it but right now i feel like i don't have a division itch that needs to be scratched if that makes sense I feel like right now I'm more into kind of like the single player narrative driven. Like the Division 2 has, I think, a better narrative this time around. And absolutely way better. Yeah. yeah. And so that's interesting to me. And the sense of exploration you're talking about, Andrea, is interesting because I think my initial reaction when I'm like, do I want to play the Division 2 right now? I remember when I first started the Division a couple of years ago, or is that last year? I mean, once I started, I was, I was hooked. I could not stop. But for some reason, I'm having a hard time just really getting into it and I'm not getting that hook of I'm so excited to play again I can't wait to hop in Jason's been wanting to play it a lot but I'm more into you know like the cadence of high rules or like the river bonds right now and the more fantasy type cutie co-op games because when I think about the division I just think of obviously like you get undercover you pop up you shoot things you run you collect loot it's a looter shooter cover base and I get that but that's just it seems a little too repetitive and my, when I, my first thought of, like, do I want to play the Division 2? It's like, I think I know I'm going to get out of that, and that's not what I need right now. So it hasn't been a priority. It definitely is, is something that I prioritize when I want to squat up, like when I want to play with other people. For mm. me, this is not a single, like, this is not a single player experience I want to have. It's a single player experience you, you can have. Yeah. Um, but for me, that's never the draw of these games. It's how easily can you squat up with your friends and go around and just, like, have fun while you're on voice chat talking about your day. It's absolutely that kind of game. And like, and like both Andrea and I have said, they designed it really well to be that for you. So like, that's why I do think it, it definitely deserves nominations. I don't know about Goaty overall. Cause I think eventually it might get knocked out depending on like what else comes out this year, but it should definitely have a lot of nominations in other categories. Yeah. Online. Best online game for sure. Best multiplayer um best um action game i don't know if I, maybe it'd be more of an action adventure it's hard because there's so many crossover genre games these days but um i'm glad that other members of our community also are enjoying their time with the division and it's definitely the game i've spent probably the second most amount of time with this year next to destiny so which mm-hmm. is um which is which is saying something so so number seven was tied with Mario Maker 2, Bloodstained, and Mortal Kombat 11. Three very, very different games. Yes. Yeah, it's tough because Mario Maker 2 just came out, and mm-hmm. I'm going to be playing it, and hopefully we'll be talking about it in our hands-on segment next week. But I don't have much to say about it right now because it's, like we said, super fresh. It's only been out for a few days as of us recording this, and Bloodstained's only been out for a week 
as well. A week, a, week a few weeks. Half. Yeah, they've had some issues too. But hey, well, the Switch version has had some big issues. Yeah, I would like the idea of Bloodstained being on the Game of the Year list to me is like never, no way. There's there's definitely nothing innovative. But it's maybe like a faithful recreation or a reimagining of the Metroidvanias of yore. But I don't think after watching you know, several gameplay walkthroughs of Bloodstained online that I would consider this to be innovative unless you've played it and you think differently. I haven't played it. Maybe (laughs) I I haven't. It it looks cool. It looks good. I'm happy for all you Castlevania fans. You you finally got the damn thing. But uh, yeah, to me, it, it looks fine. Not it's not blowing up my skirt as we like to say on the show. It's like capital mm. F fine. Capital F fine. I know who pe- the people who love it though love it. They are in love with it, and that's great. I'm happy for you. Then Mortal Kombat 11, Andrea. I think you're. Oh, Steimer, did you ever play this? No. no okay. That's a, this so, is an Andrea joint. This is an Andrea thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, really loved what they did with the campaign and the story of Mortal Kombat 11. Really a love letter to Mortal Kombat fans. The animation in this game is fantastic. I think it absolutely deserves an animation nod. Um, One of the top tier fighting games of the year. Though, in fairness, haven't really spent time with a lot of other fighting games this year. Um, But as far as a game of the year contender... It's tough because I think fighting games are forever in their own genre and you rarely see not only fighting games but racing games or sports games ever cross outside of their genre to break into the game of the year category. And I would think Mortal Kombat 11 is no exception. I think that there's just not going to be enough people who immediately think of MK11 as a game that deserves to be nominated for game of the year and that's kind of a bummer because i think netherrealm does a lot of really great work but there was also a lot of controversy around some of the multiplayer components some of the loot box and microtransaction components of the game which seemed to be a never-ending issue for games these days and it's really bothered me because i was disappointed that that was the conversation that got dominating over how well done this campaign was for a fighting game but I really enjoyed my time and I loved it, but I also haven't been compelled to go back and play. Yeah, I've, I've always said I wanted to hop into the campaign, but uh, I, I don't know. It, I don't know. It's super, it's super fun. Just put it, it all fun. the way on, on easy, easy mode and you will have a blast playing through the campaign. It's just so cinematic and the fantasy yeah. is great and the cutscenes are awesome. <laughs> um, you'll ha- you will not regret your time. If you say so, girl. Okay. Girl, I say so. Say so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, number eight. This has a lot of my nominees on here, too. So Plague Tale Innocence, Cadence of Hyrule, Metro Exodus, and Katana Zero. So when we talked about our spring cleaning uh, secret segment on Patreon, which is now public, I said Metro Exodus is one of those games that I just sadly need to just... I need to come to accept the fact that I'm never going to finish this game. I just need to hop on YouTube no, and watch the cutscenes. Brittany, no, girl, I I know, and it makes me sad because I really like it and I and I enjoy the story and I thought the characters were interesting and it was just like I know I have maybe like five more hours left, so I super duper easily could hop in and finish it. But I'm at the point where I'd have to relearn all the button mapping and then remember like what's going on in the story. And so it's just it won't it take really- you that long. No, it seems like fairly. It's, the buttons are probably similar to. A lot no, of the it, other games like that. Or are they well, different? 
it's you have the you have like each button mapping that opens up like a sec there's a second like sub menu or something because it's a survival game so you have a whole bunch of different options and i want to play it but there's too many other games right now and i've played enough though to know that it's a really great game it's very fun it's my first metro game really enjoyed it but uh i probably won't finish it I absolutely think Metro Exodus is a game of the year contender. I think it's a dark horse contender because like Brittany, a lot of other people who play games uh, professionally for a living, either critically or or for fun on Twitch or, or YouTube, for example, slept on this game and they've slept on this whole series. Like I was incredibly impressed with the work the 4A did to really bring this franchise forward. And I really enjoyed the first two Metro games as well. The animation in this game is fantastic. I love the exploration. I love how they really expertly melded this idea of an open world exploration with a survival horror shooter because that's really tough to do and to still make it fun and then make it feel like you're just dying constantly. But I vividly remember wearing my gaming headset and walking through a section of the world at night when all of the like mutant monsters are much more active and just hearing the throw of the audio design of like the monsters behind me and the monsters in front of me and creeping along mm-hmm. and trying to be very <laughs> stealth and Steimer's shaking her head Steimer, like, nope, I don't want the monsters, um, no monsters. <laughs> I had such an appreciation because normally I don't gravitate towards those kinds of games either. Like I get too scared. I like feeling really powerful in fantasy video games. I like to like be very like badass. I don't want to have to sneak around. But what they did with that game is so impressive that I hope more people play it before we actually do, you know, game of the year nominations. And if you have been sleeping on it and you're like, oh, yeah. I forgot about that game. I believe it's on Xbox Game Pass right now, uh, which is right. wild. Yeah. Which is wild to think about. But if you are an Xbox Game Pass subscriber, or if you just want to pick up that one dollar deal or whatever, this game is one hundred percent worth it. I, I thought feel- it was worth the sixty the sixty dollar price point, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm glad that other people have said that this game is great because I definitely uh, they confirming it is in Metro- it is in Game Pass. Do oh, it. awesome. I thought they had DLC coming. DLC for Metro. Yes, the expansion first DLC is coming this summer. Let me double check here. So, Brittany, maybe this is the opportunity for you to get back in when the DLC launches. Yeah, sounds great. It won't happen. She's not going to. I know. Well, there's two expansions, but they're not happening. Wait. Uh. The first one, the two kernels, is coming sometime this summer. The second is oh. Sam's story, which is launching in early 2020. Yeah, it's and like I said before, you know, if the survival stuff is kind of a turnoff, I will say the story is great and the characters are really great. And you do have those moments of in between action where it's just you and this cast of this this crew just kind of chilling, shooting the shit. You get to know the characters individually. They all have their own distinct personalities, and it's fun to see where they fit in with the group. So the narrative there is also really alluring. It's a good game. Definitely check it out. Don't be like me. Finish it. Um, next one is Plague Tale Innocence. And I still think the two of you need to play this game. It's really great. I just wrote it down because I forgot about it completely. Not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. No, it's so good. It's I want to play. Yeah. I talked about this not that long ago when I played it. But what I really thought was great about it is 
it's kind of, think of it kind of as one big escort mission, which is a huge turnoff, but it's not annoying. You know, you are Amicia and you have your little brother whose name I forgot, but he's really cute. And you play as the older sister, right? And then you just kind of guide this little dude along because you're being chased after for reasons that are unveiled in the story. And I could see this game being nominated for Games for Impact, possibly. Oh, um, yeah. I could yeah. see that. And the narrative is really good. And it's really fun. My only beef with it is toward the end, it got a little too gamey. Where it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is like... Cause this it, is a video game. Here are is, some mechanics. This is a video game. Yeah. They're doing the thing where it's like, you know, you typical stuff. And uh, that was my only problem with it. But other than that, it's really moving. There's some really emotional moments. You get really attached to these characters. And it's not a long game. I think you can beat it in like five to seven hours, maybe? Something not around. bad. No, it's not bad at all. Um, And, you know, it, yeah, just highly recommend you check it out. I don't want to say too much more about it. And then Cadence of Hyrule, which we just talked about last week. <laughs> Have you hopped any more into that? No, but I think that it's a stretch to put Cadence of Hyrule on a game of the year list. I don't think it's a stretch to put it on indie of the year or even like best song, best music, music. best score. Right, because the music in this game is really well done. But like game of the year, you're you're fooling yourself if you think this is game of the year material. Best score for sure. If if, I feel like if you put Cadence of Hyrule in the indie category, it just has to kind of win at that point because through and through it feels like a Zelda game. And anyone who's played this and enjoyed it, it's basically Zelda. It's a Zelda game. It's not Cadence of Hyrule. It's Zelda colon the Dancing Link. That's what this game is. It'll be interesting if this does get nominated for Best Indie and it does not win. I will. I was going to say I'll eat my shorts, but I won't do that because I don't want to eat shorts. Don't, no, because Katana Zero is most definitely getting nominated for Best Indie as well. And that is the one game that I think does have a shot at Game of the Year. Mm. I feel like Katana Zero has given me a lot of Celeste vibes um, in the sense of not only is it also like a side-scrolling platformer that has unique mechanics, but... The way that the game is designed and the art style of the game. I haven't spent enough time with it. It also is one of those games that I'm putting off, like much like I did with Celeste, because it's not generally a game that I gravitate towards. But from what I've played so far, I get it. I get why everybody is obsessed with this game. That's great. I have not played that. And then <laughs> finally, like, moving on. <laughs> moving on. No, <laughs> like I have to play Katana. <laughs> great. <laughs> Oh my god. Number nine. We got Dreams, Apex Legends, and Rage 2. There's no way Rage is getting nominated. No. I think for best shooter. Like, there isn't really a traditional first person shooter category anymore, but if there was, maybe. Yeah. But But, like, I don't even know if it went against Doom anyway. That's just not going to happen. Right. There's Doom, there's Call of Duty that's usually in there. Like, there'll be enough where. Yeah, maybe it'll get a nomination, but it won't win that category even. Mm. I would say Apex has a way better shot at winning best shooter or best combat or best action game than Rage 2 does. And that's no slight against id and Avalanche. I think they did great work. I just don't think they did anything that really pushed the envelope of what they were capable of. We've seen this fast, fluid shooting from id. They do it better in Doom. We've seen open world exploration and car combat from Avalanche. They do it better in Just Cause. I don't necessarily think that them working together on this title came together as harmoniously as we all were hoping and anticipating it was going to. 
And that's a, a bummer because I really loved the first Rage and I was really excited for Rage 2. But I think that it just kind of fell flat because I think they jumped the shark too much from what the original tone and feel of the game was. Like I appreciate that Tim Willits went to Avalanche and said, go as crazy as possible. But at some point, you got to edit yourself down so it doesn't feel like you're just, you know, shooting off sparklers and throwing neon paint on everything just for the sake of it being crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. I never played the first one, so I don't have any affinity and or benchmark for what it was like. But I obviously have talked about it on the show before and like, yeah, it's a, it's a fun shooter. Yeah. And that's, you know, super fun. Yeah. Kind of it. That's, that's what great. I really have to say about it. Fun to if you want to shoot some things, that's your game. Yeah. I don't until think Doom comes e- out. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, which is not until next year, right? Doom? Wait, no. Do, is that in the fall, November? Doom I thought Eternal. it was this fall. I think Doom is this year. November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. November 22nd. 22nd. I mean, listen, like Doom Eternal is absolutely going to make everybody's game right. of the year list. So, um, Doom I- on you. We'll talk about uh, we'll talk about contenders that we haven't played yet in just a second, but I want to talk about the uh, these other two real quick. Dreams. I have spent time with Dreams, um, and I think what they're doing is amazing. I just don't think it's a game yet. Yeah. I think right now it feels almost more like a platform than it does like a game, and so calling it Game of the Year or putting it in contention for Game of the Year feels. Not right. Would I you wonder, say Mario Maker is similar? No, I wouldn't. Because at least with Mario Maker, they have a finalized set of curated levels that feel like a traditional Mario game, even though they don't necessarily flow with a narrative the way like a like a, a Mario game normally would. Like, oh, in World 1-1, you're doing this. And then in World 2, you're doing this. But I still think that what they did still feels like a game, whereas Dreams still feels like a experiment in progress. Because the longest Dream that I've played was like maybe seven minutes. Mm. Mm. And Mario Maker 2 does have a campaign, right? It does mm-hmm. have a single player campaign. Yeah. And I mean, I think when you say something like Mario Maker, I think that's kind of self-explanatory. You know, here's all these cool things you can do. Here are these levels you can make. You can download courses. You can play with friends. You can play online. But the concept of dreams has never really been uh, communicated clearly. That I don't know if dreams will ever be considered a game. It might always be considered a platform from which you can download some fun games from. Yeah, I thought there were supposed to have a single player element. It's not supposed to be like the world's yeah. longest, but... I think you're right, yeah. And the idea is that you play the single player and then you can modify and tweak the single player campaign as you go, right? Yeah. If you want to stop a scene and do some stuff. Yeah, that's what they said originally. Yeah. So, and technically, it's just early access right now, correct? Yes. Still, yeah. Probably. Is it I don't launch, know. launched? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. There you go. That was our community's top nine. Well, if you want to count, there's actually like fifteen or yeah. There's games a, here. there's a few more than that. <laughs> there's but. a few more. That's what you all voted, which is interesting because obviously, you know, I don't think some of these are going to be on our. This is a probably a, more of a personal critical list combined into two, but I know Sekiro won't be on our game of the year list because we haven't played it. Outer Wilds probably won't play enough of that. So it's interesting to see the other perspective of, um, you know, 
at the end of the year, we should have a community vote and be like, what is our what's good fan game of the year? We can yeah. give you guys some fun categories to vote on, too. Oh, yeah. Best horsey is always the best, best horsey. Category. Who's the so, best horsey in all the land? All the land. Um, I make a list of all the games I play throughout the year because I found that trying to remember all of them at the end of the year is just too much of a pain in the ass. Yes. So I found that I have at least tried 43 different games so far this year. Wow. Wow. I know. Some of them obviously haven't stuck. And I That's have impressive. Thanks. <laughs> and then I have my top ten games I've played from that list. Now this is obviously personal and critical. So some games on here, like my time in Porsche, will not obviously make my game of the year critical list, but probably end up on my personal list. So I have Resident Evil Two. Okay. I have Metro Exodus, Devil May this is in no no order. Metro Exodus, Devil May Cry Five, Outward, My Time in Porsche. Days Gone, A Plague Tale Innocence, Cadence of Hyrule, Judgment, and then Far Cry 5 New Dawn. Because that last one was kind of a hard one to find, number yeah. 10. Yeah. It was fun, though. I really liked Far Cry New Dawn. It just no, obviously I, I remember wasn't anything that. new yeah. and spectacular. So it's, but it was fun. But that's my. No, those are, I don't, I haven't put together a list yet. I just thought maybe it would be, I just typed in some games that maybe were overlooked in our conversation, but clearly not true game of the year contenders, but I want to look at what we have coming, coming up this fall mm-hmm. that could yes. potentially be contenders outer for game of the year worlds. <laughs> outer right. worlds. So I think the outer worlds is a super, super strong contender to win game of the year this year. I think doom eternal is a strong mm-hmm. contender. Mm-hmm. I honestly think call of duty Modern Warfare is a strong contender based off what I've seen. Pokemon. And Pokemon. Mm. You think Pokemon Sword and Shield is actually going to be of the contender year, game for of the year? game of the year? It could because it's coming to Switch. And if they do enough stuff that's new, in, new and interesting, which we haven't, we don't have all the details just yet, but it's looking like it could be. I can't say for a fact, but I think it'll be nominated. I think okay. it'll definitely be nominated for stuff. I don't know if it will be nominated for game of the year. It's hard to I say think, right now. Yeah. I think Borderlands 3 is a mm-hmm. strong contender for your potential game of the year um, fodder because Borderlands 2 won in the year that it was released across several categories, including game of the year. So everything we've played so far of Borderlands 3 looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't forget the big one that I think people are forgetting about is Death Stranding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Death Stranding and then, yep. That's going to be, that's going to be one, it's going to go one way or the other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with that game. I feel like it's going to be very divisive. Um, but then also we got, we got a Gears of War. We got a Gears 5 coming down the mm-hmm. pike, too. Yep. I, oh, shit. Catherine's coming back out. Not that this will be a game of the year contender, <laughs> but I just saw it on the list and I was like, oh, yeah, I want to play that. Because like, like I mentioned before, it was a game I really wanted to play, but I think I went on vacation or something in the middle of it and came back and forgot how to play it. So uh, I'm excited for that. And then also they have an even babier ass baby mode involved, which I will yeah. definitely be doing. Imagine a babier ass baby mode. Yes. Link's Awakening will be really cute. It's going to be a really fun game, but I don't. it's not going to win anything. I don't think it's going to win. It. it shouldn't win anything. It still feels very much like that 90s game, just kind of modernized. So don't do that. Don't I'm do with that. you. I'm with you there. I don't. I don't think Ghost Recon Breakpoint is going to do anything. I don't think it's going to light the world on fire based off what I've seen so far. 
So I, w- I wouldn't put that in. I think the real wild card here is Star Wars Jedi yeah. Fallen Order. Yeah. Because we haven't seen enough. Obviously, you guys got the behind closed doors demo, so you saw more than most. But I think Respawn is an incredibly talented studio. Obviously, we can look at what they did, not only with Titanfall, but with Apex Legends. And I think that's the game that could come from behind and be like, yo, I'm just going to alley-oop this game of the year business. <laughs> because yep. they have the Star Wars license on their side. And that endears people much the same way that the Legend of Zelda does or Pokemon does, right? People have affinity for licenses that they love. And if if Respawn can, you know, nail the landing here, I think that this could be, be a potential really big game of the year contender. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I'm looking hmm. through anything else. No, it's 2020 yeah. now. Yeah. I think those are the big ones. Yeah. The, the one that will be that I am just personally excited for, and I don't think it'll be goaty goaty, but might win some other awards for being interesting is Biomutant. If that actually uh, comes out that year, this year. It's right now, still doesn't have a solid date. So mm, maybe mm-hmm. it'll get pushed, but that's it's, one of those games that I keep looking at and being like, ooh, hello. And I really like the idea of control, but I think that game is just so different. I think it might be kind of hard to onboard people to it, but, you know, Remedy has a great track record for innovative and interesting ideas. So I hope people give it a shot. And that could be, it's going to be interesting to see where that one lands. Yeah, man. Oh my gosh. This year is shaping up to be a great year of video games. Every year I feel like it can't get better, but this year has a lot of really fantastic titles in it mm-hmm. for me though so far like me personally it, granted i haven't played a few of these games that you guys have been really excited about so i'm excited to try them but like literally nothing this year has blown my skirt up and that's so not uncommon i've actually heard that from a lot of people when i was asking the community and a, there was a lot of handful a handful of people were like yeah nothing here really nothing that exciting 2019 is cool but nothing's like oh my god this is so good unlike yeah. last year there right, hasn't when, been anything, for instance, that has ruined my sleep cycle. There uh, hasn't been anything where I'm like, oh, my God, I must absolute like I am hooked and need to keep playing, which is what eventually God of War did once I got a little bit over mm. my ear infection. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> like I haven't had and Horizon Zero Dawn did the same thing. So I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that game where I'm like, you know what? I get up at 540 almost every day, but I'm still going to stay up. And fucking play because I work out. So I work out. (laughs) So it's like, but I'm still going to stay up. I'm going to play this video game. I'm waiting for that. It hasn't Hmm. happened. I'm looking at these upcoming releases. I'm trying to predict which is going to be Steimer's next sleep cycle fucker upper. I'm hoping it's Outer Worlds. It's definitely Outer Worlds. That's not until October. Yeah, you have some time. Which is good because I need some sleep. (laughs) I'd say the closest one. Well, Borderlands in September is a good is a good call. Yes. What about do you think do you think that'll fuck up your shit, Steimer? Um, possibly. Yeah, girl. Yeah, we'll we're gonna play together. It's gonna oh, fuck there up we your go. Shit. Girl, I'm happy to play with you, girl. I will play with you anytime. Yeah, mm-hmm. I answer my messages when you send them. God yeah, damn it! Too. Whatever. <laughs> you love me. God, I love both of you very much. You guys were lovely people and friends, and I could not live my life without you. Oh, that's sweet of you. Just turn Aww. your notifications back on, boo. Okay, yes, just for us. <laughs> Can I Brittany, do that? are you are you gonna That's play? 
Yes, you can. Oh, uh, I can block everyone but you two? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Life changing. Um, am I going to play what time a lot? Are you going to play The Sims 4 Island Living Expansion when it comes out later this month? I think I am. Yeah, I You can be a mermaid. I can be a mermaid. Yeah, like I was telling um, our friends during our stream, now that I'm on this pick, kick, I almost said pick ass, pick ass, but I mean kick ass. What? <laughs> PC. <laughs> Words are hard. It's fine. Um, I was like, Sims, Final Fantasy 14. And I went with Final Fantasy 14. But um, I'm kind of wanting The Sims. Kind of want it. You want, you want a little house. more woohoo. I want more woohoo. I don't think you can get that in Final Fantasy fourteen. No, not in the same way. No, you can't. You can't be a homewrecker in that game. But can you we play much- together? Can you play The Sims online with people? I don't think so, but oh, I can watch I you so. play, or you could stream it. <sighs> they should, because I remember on the it was GameCube or PS two. My friend came over and we played The Sims together, and she would go to work while I just slacked off all day. Oh my god. Yeah, that and the Sims. I'm like, yeah, you go work, do your little desk job. I'm just going to go set the house on fire. And it was great. I'm just going to go set the house on fire. <laughs> Please, go, no. Go Don't flirt with the, the neighbors. House on fire. The Sims is one of those games that I, I have to cut myself off from and I can't play. Are you going to play I it? Act- no, because I can't. If I can't play stop. it, that is definitely one of those games that fucks up my, not only sleep cycle, my eating, my going to the bathroom. Like, I will IRL. sit there and like, <laughs> my whole life, Falls to shit. The last time I played The Sims, like really, um, here's what my diet was: candy corn. Oh no! Occasionally barbecue from the restaurant down the street. That's it. <laughs> okay. I would go home and eat a bag of fucking candy corn and play all night, and then wake up and go to work the next day. It was horrible. It was really okay. bad for your body. Hmm. That's definitely bad for your body, but it sounds. No, it sounds fucking terrible. No, Don't it is every, terrible because yeah. there's that there's that point of no return with candy corn where you're like, this is making me sick and I can't stop. Like, <laughs> and I have, I just, I pushed past it a lot of times. I was like, I shouldn't eat any more of this. I don't want to eat any more of this. And mm. yet here I am eating more of this. Samir, do you think you'll get back into Guild Wars too? I really want to. I really, That's really another, want to. Another one of those things where it's, I sh- you shouldn't. It's. Yeah, it's just hard for me to get in, especially because I'm so behind already on a lot of things. This year has been really rough on me and my schedule and my life. Um, so it's like, I just don't think I have time right now to go sure. back into Guild Wars, even though I love that game. Uh, but maybe at some point, okay. I, I heart it. It's a very good game. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a wild ride. Let us know what you think your game of the year so far contenders are. Who will make it to the finish line in December? Only time will tell. Thank you so much for joining us this week on episode 112 of What's Good Games. Don't forget, if you guys want to help support everything we do here at WGG, you can head to patreon.com slash what's good games. We have a variety of membership options. We have our Patreon streams that are happening at the end of the month. And until next week, we miss you. We love you. We hope you ate lots of hot dogs. Goodbye. For a minute, I was like, why are you asking our listeners to eat hot dogs? And then I realized. Then it clicked. Yes. (laughs) Eat wieners, kids.
Eat your wieners. Eat your wieners. Eat the wieners. They're great. Don't you want to eat your wieners? Eat the wiener. Put it in your mouth, but make sure you put some sauce on it or it's going to be hard going down. You know, one likes a dry wiener. Everyone likes a saucy wiener. Saucy wiener. Everyone likes a saucy wiener full of ketchup and relish. JK, relish is gross. Right, here we go. What? Relish is delicious. You know, I don't think I've ever actually had relish. I just don't think I like it, even though I've never had it. Oh my gosh. This is a lot of things with you, Brittany. I know, dude. I know. It's so bad. <laughs>